We continue on in what we began in steps of obedience this morning. We need to obey in salvation. Now, these are in a very logical, practical, living order. Unless we're saved, we can't be sanctified. And that sanctification follows salvation. And we looked at those two over the past weeks. This morning, we look at service. And really, we shouldn't be serving unless we're sanctified. So sanctification comes before service. And so looking at the obedience of service, it is amazing how many verses throughout the whole Bible speak of this subject. You see, the Bible declares we can serve ourselves and be selfish. We can think only of ourselves and live our life, but we have to give an account for that in eternity. Self-serving people will not be happy people on Judgment Day. I can guarantee that. That's what 1 Corinthians tells us in chapter 3. Self-serving people. And self-serving people are usually who want others to serve, want others to serve them instead of them doing what the Christian thing is to do and serve other people. Uh, what did the Lord do when he came down here? Serve. If your master's done this, shouldn't we do that? And so there's a call to service. It's in the Old Testament, like, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? The famous call in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 6. And Isaiah said, Here am I, Lord, send me. I'll go. I'll serve. I'll minister. Um, <clears throat> in fact, in the New Testament, it gets even more pointed, it, is, it, it, it says we're ordained. It's like pre-ordained to serve and to minister once we're saved and walking with the Lord and sanctified. Now, people might say, well, I'm not yet quite sanctified, so I won't put my hand up for service. Well, just get sanctified. <laughs> Start living obediently, but you remember that we're all sinners and we will sin no matter where we're at in our Christian life. And so don't wait for perfection to start serving. Wait until your heart is right with God to start serving. It tells us in Hebrews 9.14, purge your conscience from dead works, when you're not a Christian, to serve the living God. In Romans it tells us it's our reasonable service. It's not unreasonable for God to expect this from those he's invested so much in. If you bought a new car and you, you, it's really a, your servant, you shouldn't be its servant, <laughs> but if you buy a car, you expect it to get it from A to B. You've invested money in it. You've put you know, your hard-earned cash into that. And so when you go out to start it, you want it to start and you want it to go down the road at the right pace and speed. And get you there without getting too hot, too cold, or whatever else. It's, it's your servant. You invested in it. When God invests in us, he invested, he, he made a world for us to live in. <laughs> he put all the wonderful things. He created all the things on earth, the creatures, and in the sea. He invested that. Then he invested a lot of time. Think of an engineer trying to design a world. They, they couldn't have. <laughs> 
It's too big for them to think about. All the little things, all the colours, all the different sized fish in the sea and the creatures, they still haven't in, they've seen them all yet. <laughs> and all, all how they worked, how they functioned, how their hearts worked, how big they were, how small they were. You know, you see a little ant, you say, has he got a heart? <laughs> and then you see an elephant, he's got a heart. Yep, and dinosaur, he's got a bigger one. <laughs> all those in proportion. All those things he had to think. Then he created man. He created us in his own image. He invested an awful lot. And far above all those things, he sent his only begotten son. His only son to die on our behalf. And that's a great investment. And so he expects us to return something for the service that he's done for us, the things he's invested in us. It's our reasonable service. And the verses, or part of the verses that we read this morning, there in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, <coughs> excuse me, and 39, Matthew 10, 37 and 39. He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Yeah, there, there it tells us very pointedly, the Lord Jesus did, that if we find our life and live it for ourselves, we lose it. And uh, as old as I am now and seeing as many people start the Christian life and some go on, some fail, some fall aside, some spend them li their lives on themselves and see the end consequence of people that spend the, their lives on themselves is not pretty. But they still have to face the Lord on Judgment Day. <laughs> but the, the, the ones that have served the Lord, have lost their life for Him to serve Him, they've found it. They come, they're coming out the other end. They're, they're retiring, as it were, in a, in a good place. They've run well, and they're going to finish well, and they're going to be rewarded well, according to the Scripture. We need to learn to sacrifice ourselves. The, the more we think about ourselves and concentrate on ourselves, the more depressed we will be. <laughs> the more we look at others and minister to others, the more blessed we will be. It's just... It's a, it's like a contradiction, but it's true. In experience, it's true. In the Bible, it says so. And so see it work in your life and see how the world doesn't think it'll work that way. No, but Christians, it does work that way. The Bible says so. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. These aren't in your notes, I don't think. These are extras. <clears throat> um, Matthew 16 and verse 24. 24 and 28, much the same as chapter 10 tells us. Again, the Lord repeated this thought in verse 24. Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, <coughs> take up his cross, and follow me. <coughs> Excuse me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Very, almost word for word, isn't it? The same as chapter 10. Well, what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? <clears throat> or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What can you... Uh, no, you can't. <laughs> nothing can exchange it. But prior to that saying, <clears throat> we have that 
What is the profit of man if he gains the whole world? Prior to that, whosoever will save his life will lose it. Will lose it for eternity. The reward will not be there. You will not be blessed. I pray that you've learnt it's better to surrender and serve and sacrifice than try to think about yourself and think about the needs. Leave that to the Lord to meet your needs. Give yourself to the Lord and his work, his ministry, whatever it is that the Lord's called you to in life, and you will be blessed. Uh, <clears throat> the Lord condescended himself to become a man. He took on him the form of a servant was made in the likeness of man. We could say that service is not an option, it's an obligation. It's an obligation of a Christian. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that you have told us these things and that through your spirit we can be convicted of them and do that which is, will be a blessing in our lives and a blessing to you as your servants as we take up the role of a servant. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. And the, that person will be blessed for eternity. Lord, let's, let's not try to evaluate this with our human understanding and reasoning through it, but believe it by faith and know from those who have served that it is true. Moses took upon himself to serve his people and serve you, and he is a blessed man at this time and will be for eternity. Lord, many occasions in Old Testament and new, we find men and women who committed themselves to you, sacrificed their life, gave up what their life for you and for your service, and are blessed and will be blessed for eternity. Ask your blessing and direction and guidance, and may we think through these things and consider them from the word as the Spirit convicts us and come to the right biblical conclusion. We ask your presence in our midst, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Just going through those points that you have, to, well, you don't have to fill out, but if you've got a bulletin there, <clears throat> if you didn't get a bulletin, you, get, you can get one. It's up there. It's, uh, and you can fill in the little spots, the, the blanks. There's a, every little line adds up to a word. So if you've got too many letters in the word, it's the wrong word. <laughs> And if you can't spell, you've got a problem. <laughs> That's what I find with these blank things. You know, I'm not a good speller. And I, I add letters, I think. <laughs> but look at it. We, we ought to serve, first of all, with diligence. With diligence. Ecclesiastics 9.10 reads, Whatsoever thy hand finds to do, do with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in Sheol, or the grave, whither thou goest. Hey, if you're going to do it, do it now. Because <laughs> once you're dead, you're dead. You, you, you won't have the opportunity to serve anymore. It's all done. And then we go back to the ground from which we were taken. And so do it with diligence do it with all your might if you when you think of somebody that doesn't do it with all their might what pops into your mind or who pops into your mind most of us have seen them when we're driving around 
<laughs> there's no council workers here, I think. <laughs> but you've got six men on a job and one's working and all the others are leaning on a shovel or a pick or something and looking at the other chap work. <laughs> and you say, if they all worked, they could get that done in another job and you know everything would be much better. Sorry, council workers, if you're listening. <laughs> but that's not diligently working, is it? Let me get in there. I'll, 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 I'll help. I'll do it. That's what we ought to be like in the Christian service. Let me help. Let me do it. And there's a whole mile of difference when you have to compel a fellow to work or they just do it. They, they see it, what needs to be done. Jump in and do it with all diligence. Hey, hey if you were the boss, who would you keep employed? You know, you give them four weeks, or oh, I don't know, three months where they are on trial. And usually in that trial, most people will what? Do it with diligence. Why? Because I want to keep this job. But if you see them slacking off toward the end and think they've won the, the, won the job, you start wondering, what are they going to be like when they get a job and I can't put them off? <laughs> the Lord's looking down from heaven <laughs> and seeing his people do the work of the ministry, do the calling God has called them to, are they doing it with diligence? Or is he saddened when we don't? Matthew chapter 24. <clears throat> in Matthew 24, we'll be there tonight, but not in this exact portion. And verse 43. Know this, that if the good man of the house had known in... This, 24.43. If the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken in or broken up. Therefore... Be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and a wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give him meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find what? So doing. So doing. I remember on the Board of Works, it's called the Melbourne Metropolitan Board of Works at that time, Melbourne Water now, and then they <clears throat> and you had, say, four, six machines on a job, and you might be burning off inside one of Melbourne, Melbourne's water reserves or, or working in a quarry or something, and, and they'd all be just, they'd stop and just chat and talk and, and do th the, the people, these were privately owned machines working for a government organisation. And I couldn't, see I'd been raised doing private work and you don't stop the machine. If I was paying for this machine, I would like it to be working every minute because it, it just you, you want the job done and you don't want to pay too much. But on these jobs, the peop, the fellows are there and they'd have a, a lookout. <clears throat> the Land Rover's coming. <laughs> That's the boss. <laughs> and uh, everyone would jump on the machine and get back to work. And you think, how sad is that? How sad is that? Will the Lord find us so doing? That last verse we read. Verse 46. Will he find us, when he comes, so doing what we've always been doing? We're not putting it on. Someone hasn't, ah, the Lord's coming, get to it. <laughs> that's, that's why he's told us when he, he, he hasn't told us when he's coming. So that we keep doing it in case he comes when we're down here on earth. Keep doing it. Praise the Lord for those who put their hand to the plough and don't look back, as the scriptures say. 
Luke 12:37 reads, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and come forth and serve them. Isn't that amazing? That the Lord, when he, when he comes and he finds faithful servants serving him, he will sit, sit them down and he will serve them. As if, if he hasn't already, if, you know, as if he hasn't served us enough already, but he then says he will serve them. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11, it's, the word diligence is used in these verses. This is Hebrews chapter 6, verses 10 through to 12. <clears throat> we read this. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you've shown toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. They kept on serving. And we, des we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence. He's talking to the rest of the people that he knew weren't doing what they could have been doing and what the others were doing, serving. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence, the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hey, there's a lot in those verses, isn't there? <laughs> that we <clears throat> need to be diligent in our service and constant in our service. So with diligence, and we'll have to move fast on the other points, <laughs> with the second point, how we ought to serve? With dignity and decorum. <clears throat> Not looking like a delinquent in our service for the Lord. In any age, a person's profession often is known by the what, how you see them, how you look at them. You, you look and say, uh-huh, I know he's going to work or she's going to work. Uh, you can tell them by the way they dress, what they have on. I was in IGA yesterday and I was going to the checkout where Michael was. He was, he was on the checkout. <laughs> and, um, and, oh, hello, he's my cardiologist. He was walking the other way. He says, hi. And then he'd come back to the checkout and we're talking. How are you? I said, oh, I was in hospital on Monday night. But it's all okay. I'm, I'm kicking along fine. Oh, yeah, I, I did say what I had. And he said, you go to the hospital? I said, yeah, I did. But he had whiskers growing. He was in his casuals. And uh, Michael didn't know. He'd served him often, but didn't know he's a cardiologist. <laughs> because he didn't have on the gear that he usually has on and all dressed up as he is. Um, <clears throat> he's a very healthy-looking chap. <laughs> Very healthy looking. He, he rides his bike, I think, at 5.30 every morning. Every morning he's on his bike. He, he tells me, first thing he says when I go to the cardiologist, have you been doing your exercises? And I, and I have to be honest, I say, no. <laughs> Naughty lad. <laughs> but anyway, you can tell them by their dignity, their decorum, their work. As Christians... What sort of decorum and dignity do we go about God's work with? Are we sloppy <clears throat> or are we diligent? <clears throat> Dignified in our work. 
remember who we're representing. We're ambassadors, it says in, in Corinthians, for the King of kings and Lord of lords. What do you notice in modern liberal apostate churches today? The de sloppy. <laughs> the decorum has gone. In the back seat, <laughs> they put their feet up and they pop in Coke and drinking it. That's what they do in church these days. They come as though they just dragged off the street. We are coming before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Shouldn't there be a difference? There should be a reverence. There should be a respect for God and his work and his church and his service. Do it that way. You know, if the best clothes you've got are clothes that are your work clothes and you can't afford it, come to church. I'm not saying don't come if you can't dress up. <clears throat> Where was it the other day? Someone said, I'm going to buy a suit because I'm going to such... Was it a wedding? Yeah, you, you respect the people. You respect that, that couple that are getting married. What about God? <laughs> let's respect the Lord. And let's not lower the standard to be slothenly and slothful and sloppy. The servant is not greater than his Lord, it tells us in John thirteen sixteen, Philippians 2, 7, he took upon him the form of a servant, the Lord Jesus did. But he didn't dress in a slovenly way. In 2 Timothy 2, 24, the servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle to all men, apt to teach, patient and meek. In Hebrews, where we are, well, you may have moved from there, but chapter 12 and verse 28, Hebrews 12, 28, we read there, Wherefore, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. God expects us to serve him acceptably with reverence. And godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. <clears throat> you want to know how the Lord would love his servants to be dressed? Read a bit about it in the Old Testament. Read about how the servants of the Lord in the temple or in the tabernacle were to dress. They were to dress with their best. You know, we've had, and I won't name anyone, um, on, on Tuesday nights, we have our, well, Monday nights, Tuesday night, our evening classes, and if the fellows have to come from work, from shear and sheep, and they smell like a sheep. That's fine, isn't it, Matthew? <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad you're there. <laughs> but if, you know, and, and most times he gets to go home and have a shower. <laughs> and respect the Lord. Give reverence for him. We're children of the king. And there is a great falling away in the dignity of and the decorum by which people serve the Lord. In Judges 8.18, it makes this statement. Gideon asked this question. What manner of men were they? And the reference goes on to say they were like the children of a king. They were like the children of a king. And Gideon said, and you killed them? Yep, we did. <laughs> and uh, they died too. 
for making that confession. <laughs> but they were like the children of a king. They behaved themselves with dignity and decorum. We are representing the Lord. Keep it in mind. The third point there, how we are to serve the Lord with the right desire. This gets back to the reason you're serving. <coughs> we are to serve with humility. <coughs> in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 20. There's a few of these references in Matthew this morning. Matthew 20 and verse 20. And, the, and a few verses following there. Then came he to the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worship, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? And she said to them, Grant that these my two sons may sit, one on thy right hand and the other on thy left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye asked. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? And be baptized with the baptism I shall be baptized with. They say unto him, Yea, we are able. And he said unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of this. And <clears throat> here these were asking, or their mother was asking on their behalf, that they get positions of authority. When we serve the Lord, we are to have the right desire. These had the wrong desire, the wrong heart's attitude. Give me position. Yep. Give me that priority. Let me sit on your right and your left and, you know, all dump. <laughs> Who cares about the other ten disciples as long as my boys are up front? <laughs> you know, and that's not what Christian service is about. <laughs> and the Lord forbid you, if you try to get into Christian service, doing it that way. It's the heart. You see, if God sees the heart of the servant up there wanting to be there, to be in front of people and to be popular and to have a priority of place, then no, he doesn't bless that servant. Wasn't it when they went and sat down to meet? What did the Lord say? If you go to a, your, your friend's house, sit at the lowest seat, if there is a low seat in your house, and maybe they will put you in a higher seat. And you'll be honoured by moving up the ranks. But don't go with your heart. I want that position. No. No, the Lord doesn't bless. In Galatians 5.13, it reads, By love, serve one another. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, Not with eye service as men pleases, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. God looks at the heart in our service for him. Is your heart in it? It's just like, you know, doing it with diligence earlier. Is your heart in it? Do it with the right desire. Uh, <clears throat> where's your heart in relation to the Lord when you serve him? Now, I'm not saying it when you get up to serve, if you've got a regular ministry, that your heart's going to be there all the time. I, I remember once a long time ago, it wasn't not that long ago, I was, I'd worked all in Melbourne all week on a bulldozer and I was coming back. And for some reason, Jill was going down to Melbourne, and I think Tim and them were going down to Melbourne, and I was coming up to run the club, and there wasn't going to be hardly any leaders. This is a few years ago. And I thought, this is all going the wrong direction. <laughs> I'm going up, they're coming down, and uh, we need servants to do the work of the ministry. <laughs> and, uh, and my heart was not really in it <laughs> at that time. 
and I had the wrong desire. I know I'd like to go the other direction. <laughs> Turned around the highway, why am I even coming home? I could have just stayed there and I would have been there on the spot. I don't know what occasion it was. Something was going on in Melbourne. Uh, it must have been relatives. Uh, 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 who knows? <laughs> but what, what about our heart? Is it there in the service? In First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.9, how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. We serve the true God. Fourthly, how we are to serve with devotion. With devotion. Using our talents, as mentioned in Matthew 25. Are we serving God for mammon? For mammon. Luke chapter 16 and verse 13. There it talks about the two masters in Luke 16 and verse 13. Let me just read those to you, <clears throat> that verse to you. Not, no servant can serve two masters. He will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. <clears throat> we are to serve the Lord wholeheartedly, not having our allegiances divided. It's talking about that here, isn't it? It's God or money, but not both. It's what we say, sit on the fence. <laughs> I'd rather serve, today I'll serve this, tomorrow I'll serve that. God wants us, whatever we do, to serve him. To serve him. Um, <clears throat> we ought to do it with devotion. I could bring up many examples I'm thinking of, but I'll leave them of people that wanted to serve the Lord and money. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's either one master or the other. Hey, if you go out of this life and you're penniless, but you have served the Lord, the Lord will say, what will the Lord say to a person that's done that? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. A person that gets to the end of life and there's all this around them and they're taken, they put it under the mattress so they can hold on to it when they go. Yeah. I, was, I was saying to Andrew Lewis, he, by the way, is in Brisbane, ministering North Brisbane this morning and South Brisbane, South Brisbane this afternoon. But uh, saying to Andrew, he came down when he was out once, uh, time two ago, I think, I, I was talking to him. I said, oh, what are you, he said, what are you doing? I'm going to Alexandria to put new tracks on a bulldozer. Oh, can I come? Okay, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll meet at Wangaratta, picked him up, and Tim and I, and he went, and we went down there. It was all by hand. We didn't have any impactors to do it. And um, I got Andrew. He's, he's bigger than all of us. <laughs> and on the end of the big six-foot bar to crack the bolts, the big bolts, and there was hundreds and hundreds of them on the tracks. On each cleat, there's four. And he was breaking them. And when we'd done that, I said, we have to tighten them up. That's harder. And tighten them up on a big six-foot bar on a spanner. And, and when we're all done, I said, well, I hope the chap gives us the job that he said he wanted. It was right near the farm at Alexandra. And he didn't. He didn't. And I said to Andrew, well, maybe we fixed all these up for the devil's crew to use when the rapture happens. And <laughs> it's all got new tracks on it. And so later on, a few years later, I said, nah, We've used it. We've got our money's worth out of it. We <laughs> put the labour in, and uh, <clears throat> it 
it wasn't wasted time. <laughs> someone, someone else, I, I, I won't mention, I said to a pastor, I said, just talking about building here and doing the extra building, I said, we can leave the money in the bank if we go and the Lord comes and the devil gets suspended, or we can build a building and pull all the effort into it and they'll use the building. So we're caught. <laughs> Which way? <laughs> but I think that way. At the end of life, what then? When it's all said and done, what then? We do it with devotion today and we do it not serving two masters, God and money, but praise God for those that have been blessed to be able to minister to others in the mammon area. Um, <clears throat> praise God. <laughs> we ought to be obedient no matter what the cost. Willing to die like the seed in the ground to give life to new seeds. He that will love life will lose life as we started. He that will lose his life for my sake will have life for eternity. In the season and out of season, we devotedly serve the Lord. When we feel like it, when we don't feel like it, we serve the Lord. And lastly, <clears throat> the last point there, we serve the Lord with delight, not out of duty. In Luke chapter 15 and verse 29, there was the story there of the two sons. The older son came home one day and he heard a party happening at, at dad's house. And he asked, what's going on? To one of the servants. And they said, well, your younger brother's come home and dad's thrown a party and killed a fatted calf. And what was the attitude of the older brother? I have served all my life. I have been faithful. I have been committed and dedicated. And you've never thrown a party for me. <laughs> I wonder why. Because son had a bad heart. Bad motive, bad reason. He didn't delight in serving the Lord. And then you have the story in Luke chapter 10 and verse 38 to 47. And there's two ladies. <clears throat> Can you remember who they are? Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha. <laughs> the two ladies. Martha was doing what? Serving. Serving. And Mary was? Worshipping. <laughs> And part you say, Pastor, you've been preaching about serving all the time, and, and I think I'll do the worshiping bit. <laughs> I will sit down at the Lord's feet and worship him. But the point is here, we are to serve with delight. Martha, Martha, you're cumbered about with what? Much serving. So there is the part where we needed to be, need to be devoted to the Lord and delight in him to do the service in the right way. Yes. Uh, we ought to worship the Lord, but also serve the Lord. I, I do feel for Martha. Don't you, when you read the story? But the Lord brought the judgment and said, no, she's done the better thing. Mary has done the better. She has worshipped the Lord. And that's what we ought to do in all of our service, before our service. Worship the Lord. 
and thank him and praise him for what he has done in our lives and for us and just adore him. He loves to be worshipped and he will forbid no one to worship him. Listen to some of the verses that are at the end. I think they're in the, <clears throat> in the outline. We've been created unto good works, Ephesians 2.10. The Lord said in Luke 13, verse 7, Why cumbereth it the ground? Cut it out. It's taken up space. Now, I remember clearing an orchard of about 60 acres of apples, apple trees. <clears throat> it was cumbering the ground. They were growing old and they wanted to change to strawberries. So <clears throat> he was pushing all these apple trees out. You feel really bad when you just... I did, <laughs> I did anyway. <laughs> Pushing all these apple trees, thousands and thousands of them into a heap and burning them the same day, setting fire to them. And <clears throat> but the Lord said, why cumbereth the ground? I remember working under a, a canopy of uh, shade cloth. It was really to stop the hail hitting the apple trees and, and taking every certain row out to redo the rows because these rows were not productive and they wanted a different sort of apple. So every so many rows they took out, pushed them right through the, out, the igloo at the other end and then did another row. And you feel like, oh, this, why didn't he just leave those apple trees? They're big ones. <laughs> Starting all again. Why cumbereth it the ground? It's taken up waste. It's wasting. What about as the Lord looks down to our, our life, our apple tree? Uh, this one's cumbering the ground. Every year it's got leaves, but it's got no fruit on it. Let's get the D6 out and bulldoze that tree. Let's put it in the heap and burn these trees. I pray that the Lord doesn't see and look, look like that on us. Jesus said in Luke 19, 13, Occupy till I come. Matthew 26, Why standeth ye here idle all day? And 1 Corinthians 3, 11, Their works shall be tried of what sort they are. And John 13, 12 to 17, Jesus washed the disciples' feet and he said, Do what I have done unto you. Young people, listen. If you commit your life to service and minister to him or for him and he works through you, you will be blessed for eternity. In whatever situation now you find yourself, serve the Lord. Whatever you do, do all to glorify his name. Galatians 5 verse 13, serve one another by love. Ephesians 6, 6 to 7, doing service as to the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 1, 9, how you turn to God from idols to serve the living God. Hebrews 9, 14, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. We've mentioned that one already. And in, Matthew, in John chapter 15, verses 1 to 16, he talked about much fruit, more fruit, and abundant fruit in our Christian service for him. In Titus 3.8, that they who believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. And Hebrews 13.16, last one, but to do good and communicate or share, forget not, for with such sacrifice God is well pleased yes we are to obey God in salvation we are to obey God in being sanctified we are to obey God in service and Romans really 12 1 and 2 sums it all up reasonable service to do what he bids us to do which in eternity he will reward you for and sit down and serve <clears throat> 
He will sit you down and serve you for eternity. But are you going to lose your life by spending it on yourself and thinking about yourself and getting depressed about what you haven't got? You know, you think about it, you look around and you see, you see, <coughs> see and hear of people that fare sumptuously every day. They don't have to put a finger up to the plough. They don't have to work hard. And you think, hmm, how could I get that? How could I get that life? God doesn't want you to get that life. <laughs> he wants you to continue to serve him. Let's not be envious or covetous about what others have or haven't. But let us be thankful for what he has given. And the opportunity is as given. And let us put our hand to the plough not looking back. Heavenly Father, thank you for each of your servants here today because we are all servants if we're saved and I pray that we might put our hand to the plough and do diligently with all our might what our hand finds to do. Lord, that we'd be doing it with a right heart, with a right motive and Lord, that people would be turned to you as we pray concerning the work that we put our heart and hand to and Lord that you would receive all the glory and all the praise for all eternity through what we have done in your service bless each servant may we have the heart of a servant as we go from here in Jesus name Amen <laughs>